Well, friends, here we are, third Sunday of Advent, special Sunday, special vestments, all right? Gaudete Sunday. Uh, it means in Latin, you all, plural, rejoice. To rejoice, the church is saying to us, rejoice. The entrance antiphon, which we would have said had we not had an opening hymn, comes to us from Philippians, where St. Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. So that's important. Do you know that the church never cancels Gaudete Sunday? The church never cancels it. Not in times of war, not in times of famine, not in times of pandemics, not even on the precipice of finals week. The church doesn't cancel Gaudete Sunday, right? So the church is telling us something, that we should rejoice, but we should rejoice in the way that Jesus makes possible. And so that's important for us because I think it's good to, especially in this culture, what does Christian joy look like? Because our culture so often emphasizes happiness, but the church doesn't emphasize happiness. The church emphasizes joy, and those two things are not the same. They're not the same. There's a whole homily I could give on the difference between happiness and joy, but let me just give one distinctive uh, reality between those two things. And happiness is so often circumstantial, whereas joy is almost always relational. Happiness depends on externals. Joy is an interior spiritual disposition. That's why St. Paul, when he writes to the Philippians, he doesn't command them to be happy. He says rejoice, be joyful. That's why the church doesn't call this Sunday the, the happy Sunday, but rather Gaudete Sunday, to rejoice. So let's go into what does it mean then to be joyful in the Christian manner. So three brief characteristics here about joy. Christian joy is produced by God. It's one of the fruits, by the way, of the Holy Spirit. If you go to Galatians 5, there's nine fruits of the Holy Spirit. And one of those fruits is joy. That when the Holy Spirit enters us, and if we give him free reign to do what he wants to do, then one of the blessings, one of the results of his operating in our lives is joy. True spiritual joy. That's why it's important to pay attention to what St. Paul says to the Philippians in the entrance antiphon. Philippians 4 it is. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. Rejoice where? In the Lord. In him. Kind of that great line from the Mass that I quote so often. Through him and with him and in him, right? In the Lord is our joy found. Which means in relationship to him. Not to external circumstances of our life, which may be good, may be bad, may be indifferent, but to go deeper and to go into relationship. And relationship actually pulls us outside of ourselves. That, I guess I'll go back a little bit to this culture. This culture, 
preaching a gospel of happiness turns you inward. Satisfy yourself. Take care of yourself. Make yourself and your desires the center. Meet those things. And friends, what's the fruit of that? Anxiety, depression, lots of awful like critiques, seeing other people as threats, isolation, loneliness. Whereas to rejoice in the Lord breaks us out of ourselves. That's important for everyone to hear, but especially important for you young people to hear. Because college can be such a myopic time. My life, my classes, my major, my time, all of it is me, 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 unless something or someone breaks you out of that. And that's the gospel. Rejoice in the Lord. Find your joy in the Lord. Because even if you nail all your finals, if you're closed in on yourself, you won't have joy. Even if you land the perfect job, if you're closed in on yourself, you won't have joy. Remember, happiness so much to do with circumstance, joy, relationship, and the deepest relationship, the relationship that Jesus has with you. So rejoice in the Lord. Jesus says that, by the way, and John, he says, I've told you this, that my joy might be in you and your joy might be complete. His joy coming into us, opening us, lifting us out of ourselves, that's where joy is found. Joy then is an interior thing. That's another characteristic. It's not so dependent on external circumstances. When St. Paul writes to the Philippians, rejoice in the Lord always, I say it again, rejoice, he's in prison. How could a man who's imprisoned be writing about rejoicing in the Lord always? Because the joy he was experiencing lifted him out of his external circumstances or took him deeper beyond just what the presenting reality of his external circumstances was telling him. He could go above or he could go deeper. The joy that he had was interior. And no one, no chains could take that away. No person could take that away because it was rooted and grounded in Jesus who's not bound by the things of this earth. So joy is interior. Then the last one is this, that joy abides. Joy abides. It has this ability to endure. There's a steadiness to joy whereas happiness comes and goes. It's there for a moment and then it's gone and then it needs to be fed again and it's almost addictive to seek after happiness. But the one who has found joy and joy in the Lord and joy in other people, that joy abides. It has a solidness, a steadfastness that can endure the good things and the bad things of life. Now listen, all of us have problems. There's not a single person here who doesn't have some challenges and some, some people with very significant challenges in life. How is it then that St. Paul could say rejoice in the Lord? Always, always rejoice. How could the church, no matter what the circumstances are going on, could say on the third Sunday of Advent, Gaudete, everybody rejoice. 
Well, in the same way, I think that the ocean can be turbulent on the surface, but very calm as you go into the depths. This life, friends, is going to be turbulent. Jesus says that. He says, in this world, you'll have trouble. But then he says, but be of good cheer or take heart. I've overcome the world. Go deeper. Not just tossed this way or that way by the circumstances of life, but there's something deeper here. And it's precisely that God is with us. That's why we can rejoice always. Because of what we celebrate, Christmas. We've sang for the last three weeks the song of Advent. O come, O come, Emmanuel. Emmanuel means God is with us. God is with us at all times. In all the circumstances of life, God is with us. That's why the church gives us this unique color. All right, so a word about this. All right, the, the specific liturgical color is rose. Now, I know that this is mostly Pepto-Bismol pink. Okay, I know. And, and priests always make, I'm not wearing pink, I'm, I'm wearing rose. Okay, this actually is the color. This is the color that you want to pay attention to. And there's something beautiful about that color. Because what do we have in Advent? The main color is purple. It's a season of repentance. It's a season of conversion. It's a season of acknowledging that not everything is ready for the Lord, so we need to get ready. If you take purple and you put just a little bit of white in it and you mix that, white, that's the color that we wear when we celebrate. Christmas time, we'll be wearing white vestments. Celebrating the saints, we wear white. If you take purple and white and you mix them, then you get this color. You get rose, not pink, rose. Friends, that's this life. Even in the sorrows, and there are real sorrows, there's cause for joy because Jesus has touched that sorrowful reality. He's gone there. That's the whole point of the incarnation. He went there. So whatever it is you're facing in life that's truly difficult, Jesus went there. And in the sorrow, there's also joy because he accompanies you through that into the fullness of life that awaits us. Our home is not here. And can I say this too? Every earthly joy there's always a little bit of sorrow because no earthly joy lasts. Nothing in this life lasts. It's all preparation for real life in heaven. Friends, if we get that, if we get that truth, if we let that wisdom form our hearts and our minds, then, yes, rejoice always. We know the one who conquers sin and death. We know the one who leads us to our true home in heaven and who accompanies us every step of the way. 
And we know that the joy that he has, not just waiting for us in heaven, but the joy that breaks into our lives even now in him and through relationship with him, that joy is more than enough for our hearts. So with St. Paul, absolutely, I can say to all of you and to myself, rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. Rejoice.